Assalamualaikum and welcome to the third episode of Reaching Horizons with your host Abbas Hussain. This week we've got a very special guest. Um, she has a BSc in social work and she's a pastoral mentor. And I've had the privilege of meeting her many times and getting to know her as well. She's an amazing personality who, and she, I could also say she's my therapist as well. But just to recap on uh, last uh, week's show, we had Muhammad Shafiq on the show and we were talking about the corona vaccine, uh, the coronavirus, um, the Justice for Shukri Abdi campaign, and also labor politics. So if you missed that show, do give that show a watch. Without further ado, here is my guest welcoming Masuma to the stage. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi there. How are you, uh, Masuma? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm good. I mean, it's a privilege to have you on the show. Um, mm -hmm. Because I know you're very well, like, uh, uh, educated in, like, mental health, uh, mentoring as well. Um, so I thought, you know what, for this topic, no one's going to be better than yourself. So we do have a few questions for you. Uh, but before that, I just want to speak about why you, um, obviously, because a lot of people don't go into university, a lot of people choose to like go for an apprenticeship and stuff like that. And th like some people who do go to university who are either from, we'll talk about our community, you know, the uh, uh, Southeast Asian community, it's like your parents want you to go to university and that's why you go to university. So what about you? Why did you go to university um, for whatever you did? Um, so I did social work and the thing is, I think growing up, I think generally I've always kind of had that kind of passion to help people and I don't know, like when I was growing up, I just knew that's all I wanted to do. I just had that passion and I didn't really know where that would take me or like what direction I was trying to go into. However, mm -hmm. I ended up doing social care um, at college and then I found myself looking into like social work and I, I kind of the the impact that social workers kind of have on children's lives, especially those who are vulnerable. And I think that was what gravitated me towards like what I wanted to do. So I found myself um, just kind of doing a bit of research into it and just seeing, okay, you know what? I think this is what I want to do. Like, it's just that it's, it's the empathy and the passion and the, the compassion that you show towards like young people and even just like vulnerable adults as well. But I think what I kind of want to like, um, kind of like, dive into was like the young uh, young children side of like social services so yeah so like in for uh, a level you did health and social work right so i did, um, I did so i actually didn't go down the a level route i did i did do it in my first year didn't go so well um as i'd hoped um but you know what there's this alternative route route to life do you know what i mean and what was the alternative route doing a b-tech <laughs> But to be fair, I think what a lot of people misunderstand about BTEX is BTEX take a lot more work than G like GCSEs and A levels. I personally believe so because I remember in GCSE when I was doing GCSEs and my fr a few of my friends were doing BTEX, the workload compared to GCSEs, I was astounded. And back then as well, a lot of people talked bad about BTECs, like they didn't know what a BTEC was. They're like, oh, you guys have done this, that, et cetera, et cetera. 
Yeah, I but think once really you good. actually saw the workload, I was actually astounded. I was like, these guys are probably brighter than me. And, uh, you know, they smashed their BTECs and the, like I didn't do it as, as, as well as them. They got distinctions and stuff like that, but I still managed to get into college and stuff. Yeah, I think, you know what it is? I think generally, when you get into college, like, there's always that expectation people set, like, oh, you're doing A-levels and stuff. But they don't talk about, like, there's alternative routes that you can take to get to where you want to be. I mean, there's active courses, there's VTECs, um, you know, and obviously, sometimes you do kind of need to step up a little before you can go on to, like, level threes and stuff. So you might want to do something in, like, a level two equivalent to, like, GCSE. So, yeah, it's just, it's good to kind of, like, look in, like go down different avenues like a levels isn't just it there's always different alternative routes mm. i mean like a levels isn't for everyone as well i mean like people who are like more like hands-on they choose to go to apprenticeships and stuff like that like my friends for like stuff like even accountancy which like you can pursue a degree in and a lot of people do pursue degrees but now the establishment has um certain things in place that you know you can go down the apprenticeship route if you want to be an accountant and gain an equal qualification as a person who went to university the only difference is that you know you don't you're not in a stupendous amount of student debt so a lot, a lot of people are now pulling away and stopping to go to universities, especially those who are from working class families, mm -hmm. stopping uh, going to universities, but they're attacking the apprenticeship route instead. Uh, but yeah, it's fantastic to hear uh, uh, about uh, your interests. Obviously, my interests are completely different, but I do respect your uh, the work you do. And I understand you work with a university, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I actually work with a college. So um, that's oh, pretty much the same same thing. I mean, it's a bit different, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is different. It is different. I mean, like so, like obviously, because I've worked with kids before. Obviously, college is completely different. The teenagers they're a bit more mature, uh, if you could say. Um, but I've worked with kids in the past, and they're very difficult to work with. So, like, how do you find your role with the college, and what is it that you do? So what it is the college that i'm based at we do have a lot of children who come from like underprivileged kind of backgrounds um even like the geographical locations they obviously they come from deprived kind of areas and mm. and we obviously we get students who come from like general middle class backgrounds but we also get a lot of like working class um kids as well and it's just nice that you get like a variety of people that you, you get different walks of life you get a lot of like mature students you get um the youngsters who are like you know the 16 to 18 year olds um and there are people who display like kind of like challenging behavior and stuff, but I think that's probably because of like the upbringing and the background and stuff. So it's about challenging that, and especially as a mentor as well. I mean, I've just newly started the role, but everything that I've kind of learned, like throughout like my social work degree and like my placements, I've I've seen like the challenging kind of like students and young people that I've had, and I've had I've had the privilege to like work with, I would say most walks of life. To be fair, I mean. I've, I've worked with like um, children with um, disabilities, uh, learning disabilities. Um, I've had like mature students I'm working with currently, but in the past I've worked with like um, like older adults who are more vulnerable. So there's there's like different different people that I've just come across, and yeah, I've just I've I've had the opportunity to, and I think sometimes it's about getting to understand them as people. I think that's probably the most important part. So um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that um, I've just thought 
sort about. Mm -hmm. I think like what you said at the end, they're getting to understand people is really important, no matter what you do. And uh, obviously with mental health as well, there's a direct link. You need to understand the person to understand why they're going through that problem, why they're depressed, why they're anxious, why they're worried. Um, so yeah, we'll expand on that point later. Um, but for now, I just want to talk about your uh, degree and role. Like, you know, when you were younger, did you always want to like take the route that you are taking now so for example me i wanted to like okay let me give you a typical example because mine's not really a stereotypical example like for um uh, when you're young like uh, uh, say um, a younger boy he wants to be a police officer then when he grows up a bit he wants to be like a teacher and then a doctor and then life clicks at him and he wants to be you know a lawyer an accountant a surgeon a dentist yeah. or even like a, um uh what is the what are those people called who work with animals vetition or something um vet sorry a vet yeah a vet, that's it what is a vetition so uh, so they want to become uh, like vets and stuff like that and like as like time goes on as well like because the, the that society is getting more modern and more technological there's a lot of jobs out there now that you know my parents my grandparents never knew would come mm -hmm. so like software engineers like mm -hmm. 40 50 years ago no one would no one like thought about like would have this particular job yeah. yeah so yeah tell me about like your um teenage years and like what you wanted to do so um it's kind of weird actually because I feel like I've taken a completely different route in life um I've well, I mean growing up I was I was I'd consider myself quite like a creative kid um as from as little as like five I just I just remember like being in like reception and I used to love like drawing I used to love like coloring painting and I always told myself like oh when I get older I want to be um I want to be an artist and obviously like as a kid like you don't like you don't think about you know the the difficulties of like and the reality of what life actually is like you know it's it's difficult as even like creatives in general in this day and age um it's 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 a lot of hard work that you need to put in and you know the pay is not always amazing at the start and there's a lot that you need to do in order for yourself to like progress and actually get somewhere and I think I kind of realized that as well for myself like and it's something that I've always wanted to do like growing up I've always thought I want to go in like a creative kind of direction but it was really sad like having that conversation with my parents in regards to like what I want to do with my future and they were like you know you've got to be realistic with yourself like how long can you actually do something creative like where is that going to actually um where are you going to progress with that to myself I, I, and I kind of set myself back at that point because I was like okay like now I really don't know what I want to do um but all I know is I've always had that kind of passion for like caring for people and like you know caring about people and you know just I don't know I just I just felt like I'd always go down that um creative route but then look at me now I mean you know I'm, I'm making impact in other ways like for other people not just for myself so mm. and I think like one of the most important things is like, coming from like a religious point like an Islamic point uh, one of like the most important things that religion Islam to all the Abrahamic religions actually is a principle in Arabic called khidmatul khalq and that means serving the people and I think that's exactly what you're doing and obviously for everyone that um, might not know Masuma 
she's actually like really, really good at understanding people. I'm not just saying this because she's a guest on the show. I genuinely mean it from my heart. Like she does understand people. And, you know, I've spoken to Masuma numerous times where she's provided me and uh, her friend and my friend uh, therapy. Uh, and it's it's just, it's just, you know, it's fun as well at the same time. And I think that's what you want psychotherapy to be when you're talking about like your problems your issues with people that's what psychotherapy is without any issue without any judgments and stuff like that so you know a massive round of applause to you and uh, we really do hope that inshallah that you carry on this good work serving the people serving the community and uh hopefully we want want to see you one day you know maybe pursue like a career as a um so like what those people call like counselor that's it a counselor therapist, yeah i mean yeah that is that i can actually like look into um especially in the role that i'm in right now because the other mentor that i'm working with at the moment um that's something that she's currently undertaking um mm. i would say it's a lot of hard work and i don't know if I, i'm prepared to like i mean because you know this is all about mental health right so i, I want to feel like i need to kind of get the ball rolling with this job first before i like look into anything yeah. else so yeah yeah i mean like i can we can just uh, for me personally and probably your friends and family family as well they can just see you know excelling in that um polit uh, particular field uh so if you do wish to take it you know we're all we'll, we'll always support you inshallah and we'll, we'll have you back on the show to to see how you're progressing on uh, in in that field so moving on to um like the main uh, notion for this uh, talk show um about mental about it, it, it is about mental health so in regards to mental health like what what do you what would you define mental health as you know what i mean to like different people it can be different so like depression anxiety stress and stuff like that and there's a lot of different things that contribute to that as well but person you can you can talk about something you've seen something you've worked with um in regards to mental health i think you know what talking about it on a general kind of basis um when you take into consideration like um in, into consideration mental health it's your your social well-being your psychological well-being and your emotional well-being and it's all of those things combined coming together that impact your your health and just your general well-being so that's what i would look at it as like from a general kind of like standpoint um but if i had to talk about it more from like a, per, a personal perspective um i just think to myself it's it's about looking after me because i'm number one and and I, I think a lot of the times generally speaking like i do feel like because of like what i mentioned about how i have that passion for like caring for people and um just wanting to pursue something where i i help people and you know i look after them or like you know in different ways that you can help people right i felt as though i wasn't putting myself first and i, I came to realize that's something that i really really need to do so it's about just putting yourself first and you know like looking after yourself and that's probably like one of the most important things because if you can't look after yourself how are you supposed to like you know care for others and look after them yeah i think uh that's really important as well like putting yourself first mm -hmm. and then thinking about us because if you're like if you're not in the state of mind to help yourself then you're not really going to be in the state of mind to help. I mean, like the World Health Organization defines mental health like as being 
in the right state of well-being and knowing your priorities, being uh, in the right state of mind, uh, able to cope with the stress of life, like the normal stresses and stuff. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, there I've got a quote from the Quran where it said, indeed, with every hardship, there is relief. Like, whatever you go through, no matter what, there is always, like, light at the end of the tunnel, that good old English saying. And um, and I think it's really important to know that whatever you're going through, it's just a phase. And Allah says in the Quran as well that he doesn't burden a soul more than what it can bear. And I think that's really beautiful. Um, if we talk uh, from a religious perspective, we'll go uh, into the religious perspective later, but I'm just like, uh, just briefly uh, hinting the later topics to come but yeah that's um, really important what you said knowing yourself and being able to cope with own, your own state of mind before you move on to others so one of the things one of the questions i have here as well is what from from i'll talk from a university perspective first and you can talk from whatever perspective you want. So the question is what worsens mental health? And I think for a university student, and you'll agree with me as well, because you went to university as well, it's mainly it's the workload that a lot of students can't cope with. And in particular in the law, um, in, in a law degree, the amount of work that you have to uh, cope with is really, really, um, it's just very stressful like it's, it's really stressful and i'm just completing some work now and for me i have i know the ways in which i can de-stress myself i can you know read a book go for a walk and stuff like that but certain students who don't know how to de-stress themselves they'll turn to drugs alcohol and stuff like that and that's a really uh, big issue as well in um, universities and some universities do have things in place to help um students but i don't think much is done in regards to mental health at university and i think there was a big hoo-ha about it as well in regards to the government and boris and his cabinet not doing enough to help university students who are in lockdown and were instructed to stay indoors so what do you think about um mental health and you know what worsens mental health or the cases you've seen you know what i'll be honest there's there's just numerous things that I feel like just generally speaking I think from okay I feel like from a pers personal perspective um I, I I kind of screwed up like during uni like but not even during uni because I've I do feel like I've been suffering with my mental health for quite some time I would say roughly I mean it's coming up to almost like a decade I suppose but um I think one of the one of the main things I feel like, especially as a uni student and especially going through college and just like these last couple of like years, I would definitely say sleep is such an important thing. Like it plays such a huge role in like your mental health. I mean, like when you're in uni, like you're so, you're so caught up with everything that, you know, sometimes you forget to sleep. Sometimes you oversleep. Sometimes, you know, it's, it gets so difficult for you to like deal with things that the only way to cope is to sleep. So when you're getting that irregular sleep or like too much sleep it, it can take like a massive toll on you and it's about finding that balance but obviously it's easier said than done that's that's just the honest truth like it's taken years for me to understand that and like you know try and push different habits and like i, I went through a point where i tried to do like a sleep diary and like you know try and help myself in that kind of way but you know it's like 
you know, people have different coping mechanisms and people find different ways to deal with, you know, what they can do. And I definitely think um, a poor diet, a poor diet and no exercise, like, especially because, like you said, like sometimes you get so caught up in like, you know, the workload of uni, it's really hard to juggle everything that you got because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, we're humans, like we, we have, we have, you know, extracurricular activities that we have, like that we do outside of uni, like, you know, we, some people love to read, some people love to like, you know, watch shows, love, you know, just like, just like chill out and stuff. And thing is, it's hard to maintain that balance, especially when you know you've got like so much like toppling on you. So it's about finding that balance. But I definitely think irregular sleep, no exercise, poor diet, like the and especially when when you're a student as well. Like obviously, I get that you know some students take out loans. I mean, I was I was fortunate to get like a grant. We were like the last year to actually get grant, but you know people are taking out loans and stuff, and they're struggling to like you know either pay like rent. Um, you know or if you're not living out for uni you're still you're still having to pay a lot of um, money for like food and stuff I mean I remember when I was at uni like a decent meal and bear in mind like some of this stuff was even like halal it was like four or five pounds and you know think about it it like it it, it does impact like you know like how much you actually like you know put in towards like food and just like general stuff and like it's always I definitely feel like the biggest thing was definitely not finding the balance that's one thing that definitely feel i feel like would worsen your mental health um you know what another thing like it's it's so important to talk about this especially within like south asian communities um like the taboo around like mental health if you're not speaking up about it and talking about it you know like what what's going to happen like you know what changes are going to be made like you know we we can't just like secretly like talk about this stuff it has to be out in the open and I definitely feel like that was one thing I kind of struggled with at the start. Like I, I found it difficult to talk about mental health because um, I just thought at the time I felt as though like I was probably like the only one going through it when realistically like everybody that I knew was going through some form of like mental health related issue or even just like mental health problems and they were just probably like dealing it with themselves. So yeah, definitely, um, definitely feel like that's a massive thing. Um, also people probably don't speak about this enough but um toxic friendships negative. yeah like the, the company you keep around you and stuff honestly such a massive deal if you have constant negativity around you that's what you become like you know you're, you're going to become that person and you're going to start to feel like a lot more down um you're probably going to start to put yourself down as well and yeah it's just you've you've got to surround yourself with positive people and it all it does come down to the like the friends that you make during uni or even like you know what it's it doesn't even apply to like uni students even like even in college like you know you're kind of venturing out like you know you're trying to find out like who you are and stuff but you know at the end of the day if you've got like friends who like genuinely appreciate you and try and understand you that like that I feel like makes a massive difference to me I mean like you know what shout out to my best friends like they have been my rocks like for like the last the last five or so years like I literally made like my best friends in the last five years but you know I had like some very very toxic friends in the past who have definitely made an impact on like my mental health so um yeah I'm just I'm just glad that I've moved on from that part of my life and I, I see like I see the person that I am now because and I feel as though it's because of the people I surround myself with mm. 
And I think like what you said about um, your company is really important as well in terms of how, in terms of like what you believe in, what your norms and values are, what you stand for and stuff. And obviously your mental health at the end of the day, they are going to have an effect on your mental health. I mean, you uh, spoke about um, sleep and the need to get your sleeping pattern, you know, like you shouldn't stay awake too long, you should go sleep on time. Because when you're sleep deprived, your mood is dependent on how much sleep you get. And I've seen as well, like, for example, even the most happiest person, I'm not going to give a personal example without saying the name because then I'll have to have to say the name. So I know one of my friends who um, is a really jolly uh, fellow, if I can use that phrase. He's really happy all the time and, you know, he gets along with everyone. But his mood takes a drastic change as soon as he messes up his sleeping pattern. And once you mess up your sleeping pattern, your diet gets really messed as well. As you spoke about diet as well, your diet is really important. If you have no time... Uh, no set time for breakfast which is one of the most important meals of the day then you know there's no point really um going through the rest of your day doing the tasks that you do uh, because of your mood so i've just got this quote from the dalai lama sleep is the best meditation the best form of meditation and i was reading a study as well about two weeks ago about sleep debt so you know how in biology you have oxygen debt so when you're running all of the oxygenated blood goes to your legs and uh, you're then deprived of oxygen at other parts of your body, your chest, your lungs, your brain. And that's why you breathe so heavily is because your other parts of your body require an enormous amount of oxygen. Sleep depth works the same way. Depending on your age, you should at least get about seven to 12 hours of sleep. That's the average for pretty much everyone. For children, it's more. Um, uh, seven to 12 hours of sleep. And if you're not getting that, your body is going to want to, um, you know, uh, recover. And that's why sometimes you see once your sleeping pattern is messed up, you sleep for a, a longer period of time at other times. So, you know, the company you keep, your diet, your sleep, as you said, is really important on molding um, you as a person, but most importantly, your mental health as well. So, like, obviously you spoke about your friendship circle there and um, I, I would say that I know a few of your friends and, you know, they're really, really nice people. Like, I can, I can just tell, you know, you have a really good um, friendship circle, you know, you've got Unser, you've got Nosh, who is a brilliant baker, um, who uh, baked for my birthday uh, Harry Potter cakes. A massive shout out to Noshi Bakes on Instagram. She has an she's she's lovely. She makes lovely cakes. So if you're ever uh, in Birmingham and you need a cake, head over to Instagram. Type Noshi Bakes N O S H E B A K E S and check her Instagram page out. Uh, so you know it's lovely uh, to to see like your friends and stuff and you did say that you were surrounded by toxic people once upon a time mm -hmm. and like how did that have an effect on you like if you if you were to compare yourself now mm -hmm. to the person you were back then what would you say the main differences are you know what literally from the top of my head um I remember feeling insecure about myself a lot um because you know what it's it's really messed up but I, I feel as though she had a lot of like colorist kind of views um she was a very very light-skinned person and 
and I just felt as though like I, I could see like the way that she'd pride herself in being like you know really fair-skinned in comparison to me um and sometimes obviously like she'd joke it off and stuff like that but you know it's a joke or whatever um but I definitely yeah the the self-esteem kind of issues like I started to notice like you know because I I find myself like thinking like damn like you know why am I not as fair as her like you know like why am I like like so brown and stuff and then it, it took me a bit of time to realize like oh you know what okay like you know why am I so faced by that but I don't know that that's something that I noticed like more so when I was at uni like I started to like you know just appreciate myself and I definitely think um it was like it was a constant negative energy like I was surrounded by and I, th I think it's the weirdest thing to be fair because we were like complete opposites like everyone would say like oh like mash like you're so different like you're so different to her like I, we don't understand like how you're friends with her and stuff and thing is I put up with a lot in those friendships like you know I tolerate a lot and I think that's one thing I've definitely found myself like notice notice like notice the changes that I do believe in myself now and I I stand up for myself I'll be honest I don't I don't take a lot of crap from anyone to be fair but um and I think that comes from the support of like the friends that I have who saw saw the friendships from the outside in seeing that you know what you're you're in a really toxic situation you need to get yourself out of it and yeah I think this um what else can I think of um so definitely the, the self-esteem issues um was like a major thing um I feel as though you know what another thing I noticed as well like during college time this is we we're coming like more towards the end of the friendship I started to feel as though I was becoming more introverted and it wasn't like me as well because you know I, I love like talking to people and stuff but I found myself feeling like I'm I've, I'm kind of being like you know because like I'm in her possession basically like she's she's got grips of me I've like I, I wasn't able to like make a lot of friends because i felt as though like i was being restricted by her and like very like, controlling and stuff very controlling yeah so once i was like freed from those kind of friendships and i made the friends that i have now i've seen like the massive difference i have like now i feel like i'm, I'm a, i would consider myself quite quite extroverted i do feel like i like being around people i love like but you know at the same time i love my own energy and i love like being around myself but yeah that's one thing i've noticed i think it's just like I saw my personality flourish when I was around the right people. Mm. And I think I would say as well, you're very like bubbly around people. And I think uh, your personality is as such, like if if you've got like, if you're having a joke and a bit of like, like a fun time banter and stuff like that, the, the next person that you're with will automatically just catch it and you know start laughing with you because of your you know the bubbly atmosphere that you create and stuff like that and I think that's really important um but kind of like in terms of like uh control and stuff like that like some people can be very controlling and like narcissists if I can use that term very lightly um and I, I think it's really important to break away from people like that um because if they are affecting your mental health and you are seeing a negative impact of their um, presence around you, then it's really important to just break away and move on because at the end of the day, health is wealth. And that's a really important um, phrase that everyone should, you know, live by and stuff like that. Um, you know, the philosophy behind that is a lot, but it's really important to um, embed it into your lives and make sure that you put your health before anything else. Mm -hmm. So 
Alhamdulillah, it was really, it's really good to hear that, you know, at least you, you can say, you know, you like, you know, um, uh, what to do if that happens again, if that happens to your friends, if that happens to people, you know, you've been through that, you're personally yourself and you can talk about personal experience to help them. So I guess like there's a positive that comes out of that. Um, you know, you know, you've got that, you, you've been through it, you've experienced it. So people that you know and that you help can hear from it and they can learn from um, your experiences. And I think that's really important as well. Um, so one of the questions that I've been messaged here is, do you think university students are more vulnerable to like deteriorating mental health? You know what? Yeah, I like more than anyone else, more than anyone else, more than professionals, um, say college students, secondary school students. Um, do you think university students are more vulnerable? You know, I would actually consider, yeah, like, because it's just something that I've noticed myself now, like being in a professional environment, like for some time, like, or going through like placements and stuff. I've seen the difference of how I, I was being treated in those placements versus like the professional environments I'm in right now um I definitely feel as though when you've got so much going on in your own personal life and it, sometimes you know what you might not even have like a lot going on but you have so much pressure from uni and the things that you're expected to do but the reality is I, I think it, it's not what is the case I feel as though when I was at my placements, when I was like, you know, doing all this work and, you know, trying to work my way to, um, oh, thank you, Mary. <laughs> okay. Um, I was, I kind of felt as though there, there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure from like the placements, like, you know, what you expected to do and stuff. But what I'm kind of like, the, the roles that I have within like my current job, I don't feel like there's a lot of pressure because I, I know that you're, you're kind of expected to manage your own caseload and stuff. So you don't, you're not micromanaged. Like, you know, you don't have people on your case all the time. Um, you manage your own time and it's about like managing it effectively by yourself. And sometimes, you know what, you might need a bit of support and stuff. And I do feel as though uni, see for me personally, this is like a genuine, like a genuine personal experience. Um, my, my dad passed away on, the, the second last day of my first year and I was kind of hoping for like you know some extenuating uh, extenu circumstances and you know like you know feeling like um a form and like you know hopefully they'd be like understanding of that however I don't feel like I got the support that I needed and like sadly it was turned down and I just think to myself you know what I like especially considering how I noted um and I'd, I'd let all like you know the staff members know what I was kind of going through I don't feel like I was supported through that time and I definitely did feel like I was let down in that situation and you know I'm just I'm just the one person like you know who went through it but imagine like you know there's there's so many students who go through so much during university and don't, they don't feel like they have the support and they, the support isn't put in place for them um like I, I can understand you get extenuating circumstances for let's say if you have like learning difficulties and stuff but however why aren't personal circumstances taken into consideration when it comes comes to that because people have like you know people have different circumstances in their life like not everyone is going to be you know um going through like the worst of the worst sometimes it is just a case of you have like little hiccups in your mental health you feel like you need just that little bit of support for and yeah, like little things like that aren't taken into consideration, which is which is kind of unfair. 
So there is a lot of pressure, I think, on university students. Um, and I, I kind of, I think it's probably because what you're, what you're focusing on is so specific and they're kind of expecting the best of the best from you. And I definitely feel like that, even like within social work, like the degree that I did, there was of, of like, you know, um, the continuity of like, you know, being professional and like carrying yourself professionally. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of pressure in like so many ways, but obviously it always depends on like, you know, what course you're on and like, you know, what you're doing. But the general, the general kind of like view that I've had on like, how universities deal with that mental health, I don't feel like it was really positive. I don't feel like a lot of students really spoke about it. So I, I felt as though there were a lot more people who said they had a lot more more of a happy and like, you know, like happy time or like, you know, had a lot of like impact being like societies and, you know, like making friends and like, you know, finding different like outlets for like their, their mental health or like the way they cope with things and stuff. But not a lot of people spoke about like you know using the services that are in place for university because you know obviously there'd be a lot of like you know um waiting lists or what um whatnot so yeah i think um in terms of like what the university universities have in place in terms of mental health there's not a lot of um systems and um what would i call it uh like courses or mentoring programs or support programs um they have in place to help uh, students suffering from mental health and I think um, from what I've seen as well because I've visited a lot of universities um, as guest speaker and I think there was a lack of them speaking about mental health stress how to cope with stress anxiety and stuff like that because university is seen as a place where you grow to build up upon your independence mm -hmm. but that shouldn't mean that you are independent in solving your your own problems, your mental health problems and stuff like that, because it's really important to talk about them. That's the way you find solutions. That's the way um, you make those problems better by talking about them. And a lot of students who move away from their home as well to, you know, uh, study, for example, me or a few of my friends, obviously like moving away from home can be difficult and that does affect your mental health initially. And if you don't have the right support network in place, then you are going to suffer throughout your degree. And it's really important to make friends as well in university. Uh, I know there's a lot of people in, in my course, I'm not going to mention the university, um, uh, but there's a lot of people in my course who aren't very... Um, wise or don't know how to make friends and stuff like that and i always go you know the extra step to you know sit next to them talk to them about their work and stuff like that um i think like for me personally i've always had this view whenever i was in my canteen in secondary school or uh, college whenever someone was sitting by themselves i'd invite them over to our table you know to spend lunch with us and stuff like that because just like the slightest thing like that it really does make a difference to that person who's sitting alone um but one of my friends who you know uh, uh, i didn't know from um you know from like a friendship circle from one of my friends he wasn't a mutual the way that i you know became friends with him was inviting him over to uh, our friendship our, our table in the canteen and then just talking about where he's from what uh, courses he's doing in college what his plans are and then from there you know used to chill out together and alhamdulillah i still keep in touch with him and 
so yeah it's just you know doing the littlest things that can make the biggest difference to people yeah. uh but i've got um a few more questions like we've got 20 minutes left but i think we'll be able to um smash through them really quickly um so there's obviously we talked about university students are more vulnerable to mental health as well but because i'm very like um I'm very wary of the education system and I do work with the Department for Education on strategy and policy advising and stuff. One of the things that I've noticed as well is the unnecessary stress on young students. Yeah. One of my friends um, who has uh, uh, children obviously, but one of the, his daughters are in year six. And uh, one day she came back uh, home and she broke down crying in front of her parents. And obviously the first thing that the parents thought, you know, she's she's been beat up, someone said something to her, she's been bullied. And it was neither of these three things. It was, she was worried about her mock SATs exam papers. And because schools are too bothered about league tables and fighting with each other to make sure that they're at the top of the league table so they get that funding they get that fame you know they're the best school all of this nonsense they don't give um you know they don't really care about the mental health they have no idea what the student's going through in terms of mental health and i think that's something that I've always worked on as well, is trying to get rid of SATs because I think they're an unnecessary uh, exam. There's no need for SATs. You know, it doesn't, the, the secondary school doesn't take into account your SATs grades unless, you know, you have plans to go to Eton or, you know, all of these um, places or who the, uh, where the elite go. Um, so that was just one thing in terms of like unnecessary stress on young students who are going to primary school. Obviously bullying is a big topic and I'm not saying, you know, we should turn a blind eye to bullying. I, we, we probably are going to do a talk show on reaching horizons about bullying and how to, uh, how to um, cope with someone that's being bullied and what, uh, what to do if you know someone is being bullied. I mean, there's no place for bullying in society anymore. Although we do see a lot of bullying in the workforce, um, in the, uh, in the schooling system, in the justice system. I mean, there was that really famous case recently of Pretty, Pretty Patel uh, allegedly bullying one of her um, uh, employees. So it's very um, interesting to see that, you know, bullying still exists no matter how hard everyone tries to eradicate it. Someone always, you know, wants to be the big man, the big boss and um, hurt other people because they get pleasure out of it. Um, but moving on, a really important uh, question or notion about mental health is, do you think religion has an impact um, on your mental health? And um, do you think like your closeness with God helps you control your mental health? And do you think um, uh, like you're, you're praying, uh, your closeness to God provides, that, provides you with that support bubble to... Um, eradicate your mental health so just a bit about like you can give a personal example or you can just talk about it generically yeah i mean i guess i i could look at it from both kind of perspectives um i mean if we if we're talking about it from like a general kind of view it'd be that i do feel like religion plays a massive impact on your mental health um in the sense where it kind of gives you um 
a sense of like belonging, a sense of understanding. Um, you know, there's there's some days where you know people feel like they're lost in this world, and you know when they turn to Allah, they feel as though there's you know it's that comfort, it's that comfort that they have, and when you build that relationship with Allah, like you you constantly feel like you're in this safety, like the safety net, and I think one of the things that you know we kind of struggle especially as like you know the youth of the society we're trying to balance all of these things like you know we're trying to balance like you know our our social activities our like our work life um our educational life and there's just there's so much that we're trying to do but sometimes it just takes those little steps um towards allah and you start to notice that you know it, it's like some, sometimes your worries like they do kind of like you know just kind of flood away but it's not always the case though, because obviously there are people who, you know, who prayed their five times, um, you know, Salah, and they still struggle with the mental health. And it is something that, you know, like it's, you know, cure, you won't be cured entirely. Like the thing is, when you suffer with mental health issues or just general kind of like, you know, issues around your mental health, it's there to you know support you and it's it's not going to take away everything physically but it can help you definitely like you know more on like a spiritual like emotional kind of level and i think just generally speaking from like a like a person uh, personal kind of like experience as well i've definitely felt it i've definitely felt as though the times when i'm you know more focused on you know my being and trying to focus on my relationship with allah i do feel as though there's a lot more comfort and there's like you know i do feel like a lot de-stressed but you know, it doesn't it it doesn't mean that you know I'm still not going to feel mental health. It just means that I just have a, a bit more support because of my religion. And the thing is, you know, w- when you're when you're when you're so focused on all your stresses, it's like you know you see you see nothing but like there's there's just like this tunnel that goes through and where it's like you know it's never ending. You, you just kind of feel like you know you're hopeless like. You know there's there's not much to turn to but obviously when when you look more towards like you know your deen and like you know like how much you're actually practicing it can make a bit more of a difference and yeah i, I definitely think there's i think people i think people just struggle with their mental health you know because you know people, people have like you know they, they've got it's, it's hard to explain but you know everybody goes yeah. through what they go through and the way that they deal with it, obviously, is how they deal with it. But if you can build that relationship with Allah, like maybe there might be some difference that you could, you know, make in your life. Um, but I definitely do think religion definitely has played an impact on, you know, my mental health. So, I mean, I can't I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but for myself, I definitely do see it, yeah. I think in terms of, like, um, religion and mental health as well, like, the life of the Prophet, it does tell us about a lot about mental health i mean the first time that the revelation was revealed uh, to the prophet وسلم, his support bubble um was his wife khadijatul khubara and you know he went home and he said you know this is what's happened and i feel really you know um you know i've got a high temperature and i feel like what's happened has really affected me mentally and there's loads of different things that the prophet went to he got stoned in ta'if when he went to give da'wah you know they mocked him when he claimed prophethood but even after all of that even after everything that prophet went through 
more than I believe two billion people on the planet claim him as their prophet. Yeah, like even after all of the hardship the prophet went through, there, but there is such an enormous amount of human population who follow his way, who follow his sunnah, and I think if we just take that into consideration. And, you know, in terms of our mental health, have the Prophet as our example, you know, after all this hardship, he was, he still uh, remained victorious. I mean, just like the ayah of the Quran says there, indeed, with every hardship, there is relief. Like, there are plenty of hardships that the Prophet went through. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always provided him with uh, a relief. Um, I mean, when uh, the Prophet was stressed and depressed, uh, the, the Surah Duha was revealed, um, highlighting uh, that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not deserted the Prophet and he's given everything uh, to the Prophet. You know, he's um, he found the Prophet sallam, engrossed in love of God and he, uh, uh, you know, he, he made uh, the Prophet sallam, very well known even till this day. Uh, as I said, uh, a lot of uh, people still uh, follow the prophet and as they should i mean he's the role model for us not just in mental health in any aspects of life so it was it was really good you know speaking about you know your journey and the work you do but most importantly you sharing your experiences on mental health and being so open about it um but definitely alhamdulillah it's been a good show and just a massive thank you to you coming onto the show. Like time's running out. I'm trying to make it as quickly as I can. We got through everything we needed to talk about, thankfully. Um, but yeah, just thanks for having me as well. Yeah. Sorry. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No, it was a pleasure. I mean, you were really nervous for this, but now that you've done it, you're probably gonna be ringing me in a few days. Oh, boss, can I come back onto the show again? And I'll be like, with pleasure, with pleasure. It's, it's just, it's just literally having a conversation, and people, you know. They show their support they ask questions and stuff like that so inshallah it's something that i'm gonna carry on doing uh we'll just leave with this quote here which i think is really important by failing to prepare you are preparing to fail preparation for everything is so important with your studies with life and stuff like that. keeping on top of your mental health if you follow this quote correctly your mental health inshallah should be um good you won't need to worry about stressing anxiety but stress at the end of the day is just something that everyone has. You know, the extent of stress that a person has differs depending on what situation he's in. Just remember that inshallah it's a phase and hopefully God will have mercy on you and he'll alleviate your um, distresses um, one way or another. But thank you very much, Mash, for coming on. Uh, just a big shout out to the ear expert on Instagram. Uh, a brother has just started. Um, a uh, business he's a, a qualified audiologist he um uh, travels he works with the nhs he's an expert at cleaning your ears i've seen his videos on instagram uh he, he does a tremendous job i've seen reviews as well about uh, people who have used his services and their ears are pristine you know they can hear so clearly and you know it just feels very clean as well to you know just have the wax removed that you can't reach and you know have pristine hearing so a shout out to the ear expert on instagram i believe it's the underscore ear underscore expert and if you still can't find him just head over to uh 
my Instagram, Gus Mibro, K-A-S-M-A-Y-B-R-O, and go on my following and type the ear expert and you should be able to find him. But again, thank you very much, uh, Mash, for coming onto the show and sharing your experiences. Um, I'll catch you, inshallah, another time. And I'm hoping that um, in a few weeks or a few months, you come back onto the show again and we're able to hear uh, what work you're doing and how you're progressing as a uh, pastoral mentor. Uh, but thank you very much for coming onto the show. Thanks for having me as well. Yeah, thank you for everything. You know, I'd be happy to come back, honestly. <laughs> Pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. So that was Mash, guys. You know, a massive thank you to her for coming onto the show and talking about her experiences on mental health and her personal experiences as well. But we hope, inshallah, to hear from her again soon um, when the time comes. Uh, we we hope uh, she does really excel in uh, the work she's doing with her college and khidmatul khalq, serving the people, serving the community is really, really important. So till next time, it's a massive, massive thank you to her and a massive goodbye to all of you. Catch us next week, Saturday from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Reaching Horizons with your host, Abbas Hussain. Till next time, Salaamu Alaikum. <laughs>